Welcome to another edition of the Morning Devotional. My name is Pastor William Hill, the pastor of Providence Presbyterian Church located in Evansville, Indiana. If you want to find out more information about the church, you can visit our website. That information will be available to you at the end of this, uh, of, at the end of today's devotional. Today is Friday, January 19, 2024. This is edition number 25 of season nine as we continue looking at the book of Deuteronomy. Let's pray first and we'll consider just one verse uh, from the 25th chapter of this study. Let's pray. Father, as we again uh, turn ourselves to your word and we again ask that you remember the promise that you have made to your people, that you would open our eyes and our ears to the truth of these things. And Father, we pray for your spirit that he might teach us and guide us. May we understand more fully uh, these things you've given to us in your word, we pray for Christ's sake. Amen. Well, as I have said before, I encourage you to read the entirety of the 25th chapter. There's some interesting aspects uh, here in this chapter. I don't have time to deal with many of them. I just want to deal with one verse, a verse that um, that is used and, and cited, actually, in the New Testament by the Apostle Paul. And that's verse 4, where we read there, You shall not muzzle an ox when it is treading out the grain. One commentator just reflecting on this verse says even an animal was entitled to, entitled to food while it worked. Now that would really be silly, wouldn't it, if you own an animal and it's doing its work for you and it's doing that hard labor, but you don't feed it. Well, you don't feed it. You don't, you don't uh, give to it its needs in order for it to continue to labor for you that it might accomplish the purposes of, which you, of what you're employing, as it were, that animal to do. Paul applied this principle to the work of evangelism and disciple-making. If you turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 9... Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and in um, verse uh, number 9, again, we see that here where he quotes this. Well, verse, starting at verse 8, do I say these things on human authority? Does not the law say the same? For it is written, the law of Moses, you shall not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain. Now, here, Paul is uh, defending his right, he is defending himself, but he is surrendering his rights, of course, that his rights that he certainly had to gain some monetary benefit from his labor as an apostle, for his labor in, in, in the work of the gospel. But he chooses not to be a burden in that way. He chooses not to take those things that were certainly his to take. Um, instead, he decides to set them aside, set them uh, to uh, cast them off. In verse 3 in 1 Corinthians 9, this is my defense to those who would examine me. Do we not have the right to eat and drink? Do we not have the right to take along a believing wife, as do the other apostles and the brothers of the Lord and Cephas? Or is it only Barnabas and I who have no right to refrain from working for a living? Who serves as a soldier at his own expense? Who plants a vineyard without eating any of its fruit? Or who tends a flock without getting some of the milk? These are all rhetorical questions. And the obvious answers that Paul is giving here, who has, you know, um, in other words, who serves as a soldier at his own expense? No, uh, when I was in the military, the United States government paid me to serve as a soldier in the United States Army. Um, who plants a vineyard without eating any of its fruit? Of course, you're going to you're going to tap into that labor that you've enjoyed that you have performed. Who tends a flock without getting some of the milk? You're going to take some of the fruit of that. You're going to take some of the 
sustenance of that flock that you have to, to feed you and yours. Well, he apply, applies that same mentality over to the workers um, in, uh, in the gospel. Those men uh, who have been called by the Lord to, to serve the people of God, to faithfully perform their duties um, before the Lord and before the people. That is to say, to, to labor in the ministry of the Word and the, um, the ministry of shepherding and guiding the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. He, brings, he comes back to this in 1 Timothy chapter 5, now much later in the ministry of the Apostle. 1 Timothy uh, chapter 5 and verse uh, number um, 18. Well, backing up to verse 17, let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. Now you might wonder, well, what is this double honor all about? Well, it's about being supplied for or being provided for in some measure, in some way, uh, in order that they might be able to make a living. Now, I know this doesn't come as a shock to most of you, and it really shouldn't, uh, but pastors have bills to pay like everybody else. They have the electric bill to pay, the heating bill, their car payments, insurance, and a host of other things. And, and how are they supposed to pay for those? You want them to labor and shepherd you on a regular basis and a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week experience, well, they, they, the Bible gives allowance for them to be paid, and Paul applies that in verse 18 of 1 Timothy 5. For the Scripture says, You shall not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain, and the laborer deserves his wages. And so it's important to recognize that your minister, your pastor, it depends upon the faithful giving of the people of God. I was in a church uh, many years ago in which, um, well, a number of people didn't like me very much, and that's okay. Um, I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of those people in the world. Um, but they leveraged their giving against my well-being and stopped and refused to give to the church because they were trying to starve my wife and me out of the town. That's how badly they wanted to get rid of me. And, um, well, brothers and sisters, that's a sin. In the Presbyterian context, the people of God have taken vows to support and provide for their pastor as they seek to labor faithfully to do the function of a shepherd in the church. And to with, withhold your funds intentionally uh, is a sin before the Lord. Not only that, but there are some in the church that they just don't give very faithfully at all. Now, I don't know who you are, uh, but maybe you're one of those people. Uh, you, you just, you know, you've got all the nice toys of life. You've got the big 75-inch TV, and you've got the greatest cell phones that man has ever built, and you drive the nicest cars, live in the nicest houses, and the list goes on and on and on. But then when pressed about how well you're providing for the well-being of the ministry and the church of which you have placed your, you have entrusted your soul to, uh, the, the answer is typically, well, I can't really afford to give. Well, no, I, I think the problem, of course, is that you have a heart problem. Your priorities are amok. Uh, your priorities are completely backwards, and you're giving your tithes and offerings, that which you owe to the Lord, and if said by vow you would perform, uh, you're giving it to the world instead of to the people and to the church that you sit in every Lord's Day and you're fed uh, you're ministered to, not just on the Lord's Day, but other days of the week, you need to be giving, and you need to be giving faithfully. Now, I'm not going to tell you what that number is. I don't know what that number is. Um, 
Some would argue oh, it has to be 10% or you're sinning. I'm not, gonna, I'm not saying that. But I do think you need to give, and I think the principle of the New Testament, of course, is far more than 10%. But I think you need to give until it hurts a little bit. Um, why? So the pastors can get rich? No, that's hardly the case. I don't know too many pastors that are rich. I guess there's some. Uh, I, we know of false teachers out there in the world. We know of men who, 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 built, who, who fleeced the sheep of the Lord Jesus Christ, and, and they're worth millions. Okay, I, you know, those men are false teachers. We're, we're not talking about those people. We're talking about the run-of-the-mill, average faithful pastor in a church, in a, in a church of average medium size who doing the best they can to pay their bills and do what they need to do. They probably work very long hours. They do a lot more than you probably realize as a member of the church. I know when I got into the ministry, I thought to myself, boy, this is what my pastor was doing for me on a regular basis. You know, these hours and labor and prayer and, and worry for, the, for me and, and a host of other things. Look, your pastors work pretty hard if they're worth anything at all. Um, and so they're worthy of being supported, whatever that looks like, whatever that, uh, I'm not going to put a number, a dollar sign on it, but I will say this, the word of God is quite clear that we should not muzzle the ox when it treads out the grain. We should not starve our minister. We should not starve the ministers of the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. And they are appointed by him to serve and feed you. And yes, they're men and they fail and they make all kinds of mistakes and undoubtedly, uh, but here's the thing. They are feeding your soul, and it has eternal consequences. And so we need to take care of them. We need to take care of them and take care of them to the glory of God because they are interested in your well-being and your spiritual, eternal well-being. So there is no question. Some would argue, well, you know, a pastor should never get paid, and he should go out and get a regular job and then do the other things too. Well, friends, it's just not realistic. There's not enough hours in the day to do both of those things. I know men who are tent-making pastors. They work part-time in a secular job, as it were, and then they labor faithfully in the churches, and I give them all the credit in the world. I know how hard that must be, but that still doesn't change the obligation that the laborer is deserving of his wage. And so let's be faithful to support those ministers. I mean, support your pastor before you support other ministries that are out there clamoring for your money. Your first, uh, you, the first place you should be giving your money, be giving your wage, be giving your tithes, your offerings, is to the church that feeds your soul. Well, I trust these times are helpful for you. I hope they are. If you have any comments or questions, you can leave me a note. The way to reach me is there before you on the screen. And so until the Monday edition, when we continue looking at the book of Deuteronomy, may the Lord help you today to walk according to his way. And may he find you in his worship this coming Lord's Day. God bless.